0: check yo (laughs) we're still here
1: congratulations or the rapper zuby just set a major women's sports record and he did it without even training and without even being a woman a couple weeks ago zuby tweeted this quote i keep hearing about how biological men don't have any physical strength advantage over women in 2019. So watch me destroy the British women's deadlift record without even trying.
0: That's how it is in pool, you know. Men can't compete in the women's division of pool, Mm -hmm. but women can compete in the men's division. Yeah, it's the same in most sports. Most people
1: aren't aware of that. Most people think that they they have specific restrictions saying only men can do them, but that's actually quite
0: rare. Well, there's a lot of successful female to male athletes where females transition to males and dominate male sports. Okay, I, d- no, I wasn't so I was true. true. Okay. I made it up. Oh, okay, hundred percent. Right. It's never gonna happen. I was there, I was there I trying know. to figure it. I was like, what? And going, what the fuck <laughs> is
1: this? What is going on? I mean, the whole thing of white privilege is it's uh, it's essentially a, a little essay or paper by some woman that went that that went way too far, right? You know, they had that whole. Um, I can't remember the name of the woman who first wrote the paper on it and the invisible knapsack and whatever, it was you know, a relatively short paper just with this idea of white privilege, right, it was just kind of an idea and for whatever reason over the past few decades people kind of refound this paper and ran with it and so now you've got politicians and you've got actors and you've got just general people talking about this whole concept. I think one of the worst things you can do, especially to a young person, is to convince them that they're some kind of victim and that the world is against them and that they're oppressed, especially if that's not actually true. Because I believe that whatever lens you view the world through is going to be your reality. We've, mm. I just don't see how instilling this worldview in people or having this worldview mm. brings you any kind of happiness or, or yeah. peace or joy or enables you to just get just get on with people and just see people as people and have friends from different groups and ethnicities. And that's for right. People who are always screaming about diversity, inclusion, and tolerance you know they're, they're extremely seem extremely uh homogenized um exclusive yep. yeah. and intolerant and it's uh, yep. it's quite amazing
2: <laughs> i would i would add by the way in my own sphere of particular knowledge they still haven't produced any readable books Oh, geez, <laughs> i mean no. you know it is very striking i mean the, the impression is given that if you Uh, if you double down on all this stuff, focus on it endlessly, you know, we are all freer in some way. I think we're being um, restricted uh, in massive ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I give this example in the madness of crowds uh, that, you know, there are writers in this generation who undoubtedly write worse than writers of a previous generation, despite being in a freer situation. Zuby is an independent rapper, author, life, and fitness coach, public speaker, and host of Real Talk with Zuby podcast. He's the owner of the British women's deadlifting record as well. You can find him on Twitter at Zuby Music. How are you, sir?
1: I am blessed and highly favored as always.
2: (laughs) Very good. Now, people who may have not already been fans of you from your music probably heard of you like myself after your record-setting deadlift. And I want to show a clip of you on Joe Rogan talking about it and get really your reaction about how everybody responded to just this simple thing that you did online. Let's take a look at that first.
1: Well, you know, we live in a times where everyone's saying is right wing, so, so it, let it be so. I don't know.
0: Well, if you're not as progressive <laughs> as humanly possible, you're alt-right.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Pretty much. I've seen all sorts of titles levied on to everybody, including, including yourself. So
0: yeah, what about uh, you, interesting Did you Myself. Any, for people who don't know, uh, Zuby won the world championships <laughs> in women's <laughs> powerlifting. Um, you identified as a woman for a brief period of time. Yeah. Nine seconds to lift. That's all you have to do. Yeah. I mean, this is the world we live in,
1: dude. That that thing blew the internet up, but it's crazy, <laughs> We're insane how far it went, man. Yeah, I know. I saw that people. Uh,
0: there it is. Let's sure P- yeah. we. P.S. I identify as a woman whilst lifting the weight. Don't be a bigot. <laughs>
1: you know, I think I think when you first talked about that, I had like forty thousand followers. It's now well over a hundred and. 115 and when I posted it (laughs) I had 15,000 followers
2: so Zuby when all that happened and that clip blew up why do you think people responded so well to it why do you think so many people shared it (laughs) I mean it was a such a simple thing it probably took five seconds of your workout or nine seconds or however long it was why do you think that resonated with people so much
1: because I said what other people were thinking but I did it in a funny way and it was also a checkmate maneuver because anyone who actually advocates for this policy or this ideology, they either have to accept me as the British women's deadlift (laughs) record holder because they've been telling everyone for the past five, six years that a woman is anyone who identifies as such. We've seen plenty of celebrities coming out saying that they are men or they're women or they're non-binary, and you're just supposed to go along with it. And in fact, people get punished if they do not. So I said, okay, well, if those are the rules, I'm now a woman. So either they have to deny the fact that I'm a woman, which by their own rules is transphobic, or they have to accept me as the British women's deadlift and bench press record holder. So I think that it was a checkmate maneuver, but I think also the fact that it was, it was funny. It had video. It was timely. It was a hot topic that a lot of people are passionate about, but very few people had kind of done what i did right people are there trying to use logic and rationale to get people out of a position that they haven't reached through logic and rationale and instead of you know getting angry at it or getting mad at it or trying to explain all the biological differences between men and women i just said oh cool okay those are the rules let's do it
2: Yeah, it always sucks when you play by the rules and it works out against them. I wanted to ask you, though, (laughs) in a bit more of a serious manner about the complexity of the science behind uh, transgender and the the effects it can have, especially in women's sports. Obviously, it's way more uh, effective, let's say, in women's sports than in men's. Is it as simple as what people discuss about like testosterone levels, bone structure, and density, muscle uh, reaction times? Is it more than that, or is that just people trying to deflect from, from reality of it, how simple is it? Is it as simple as the common sense would tell us? It is as simple
1: as the common sense will tell you. We all know and have known for millennia before people even knew what science was, We've always known that there are differences between males and females. This is not even unique to the human species. Look at the animal kingdom; you can, with many animals, you can tell which ones are male, which ones are female, um, just just by looking at them. It, with, with with some species, you can't, right? You know, you'd have to look at their genitalia or whatever. But in you know, human beings, males and females are, we're drastically different. We all know how we got here, right? We're all <laughs> we were all birthed from women. We were not birthed from men we know how uh, sexual reproduction happens to be, I yeah it's uh, it's a weird one isn't it it's crazy how they're throwing women under the bus with all of this that's the crazy part of it um so yeah i mean in terms of you know specific differences between males and females of course men have vastly higher testosterone levels which is linked with uh physical strength muscle strength and density um also aggression and then you've also got the impacts that you, so you get a couple big doses of testosterone in your life and the first one is in the womb, right? That's what even makes males males. And so a, as a result of that, you have the androgenic effect. So you've got, yes, a, a bigger a bigger body, taller, stronger, faster, um, more muscle density and you, then you've got, yeah, uh, larger, larger hand sizes, larger feet. Um, quicker reaction times as you mentioned greater lung capacity all sorts of things I mean there is that's why in every single sport virtually every single sport you have men's and women's because if you didn't and it was just the best of the best you won't have any female professional athletes at all right if you want female athletes to be able to exist you have to separate the category out because the thousand fastest people in the world are all men Right, probably the, fir- the fastest five thousand people in the world are probably all men. Um, the s- strongest five thousand people in the world, the f- strongest million people in the world, probably are all men, um, and that's just because we are biologically different. Everyone knows this. Nobody was questioning it until five minutes ago, and so um, <laughs> the the fact that a- and and of course, you know, if someone does go through an actual transition and they do like hormone replacement therapy, etc., then sure, their testosterone levels will be. Uh, lower, uh, if 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 a man, if a man you know transitions into a trans woman, then sure the the testosterone level will be lower, but that doesn't change the physical body. Um, Caitlyn Jenner is still what, six foot three um, and still has a, a, a particular build, which did, which makes it clear that okay this this person is a, is is not a is not a female. So that's just it's just reality. It's just the reality of it. And it's not something that um, it, it amazes me that it's something that's even a, a debate. And it's a debate that's been going on for this long when it's so obvious. And the, the funny thing is as well is it, it's so clear because why is it only a one way thing, right? We're always talking women's sports, women's sports. Why why, why aren't we talking about men's sports, right? Because, because there's no woman who's going to transition into being a, a man and start beating biological men in their sports is not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, it's only a one-way thing. So that in itself is super obvious evidence for people who really don't get it, that okay, this uh, this, this is not an equal playing field. There clearly is a difference here. Otherwise, we wouldn't just be talking about protecting female sports you'd be talking about oh we need to protect men's sports as well cuz there's all these women transitioning and you know crushing people in the NFL in the NBA but that's not happening it's not going to happen
2: now the new zealand Uh, Olympic team is putting forth their first, the first trans athlete in Olympic history. It's deadlifting, I think. And I think uh, the person also used to compete in the male events and didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. Obviously didn't get into the Olympics that way. How do you think that's gonna turn out? And I just wanna preface that with the rules that I have written down here for um, their testosterone levels. They have to be below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least 12 months before the first competition, end quote. And what that makes me think is, in MMA, you can't weigh in 12 months ahead of of your fight. There's 12 <laughs> months is a long time for testosterone levels to get back up. Am I wrong about that? And how do you think that's actually no, gonna you're right. work out for the Olympics?
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, well, it will depend on the profici- proficiency of this lifter. Um, si- some, simply someone identifying uh, as trans doesn't necessarily mean that they will be the strongest person. Um, because you said, I don't know how they were performing when competing in the men's category. Um, but if you took a, if you took someone who's winning in the men's category or who's, or who's not even winning, who's doing well, um, and is, you know, just slightly behind the people who are winning. And then that kind of person would transition. Then of course they're going to, of course they're going to dominate the the whole competition, especially when it comes to something like Olympic lifting. I mean, the biggest strength difference between males and females is in the upper body because that's where your androgen receptors are so if you look at the bottom half of a body like you're not going to see a huge size difference generally between men and women you know like in terms of legs and glutes and all of that but if you look at the upper body you look at chest shoulders i mean if you just see two silhouettes you can actually tell a male and a female from the upper body silhouette so when it comes to something like olympic lifting which includes the the snatch and the clean and jerk where you're literally Putting huge amounts of weight over your head, then um, yeah, there's there's going to be an there, there's going to be an advantage there. So with this specific individual, it's not necessarily a given that they're going to win because it depends on how good they are at lifting and how good the competition is. Um, but they would clearly have an advantage, um, a significant advantage compared to a woman who's biologically female and has been training her. Has been training her whole life um so if this person ended up winning it wouldn't surprise me i think i think this individual was supposed to compete in the previous one but i think i think they got injured hmm. so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um it's all insanity to me but maybe, the ins- maybe the insanity needs to run its course for people to to get the picture
2: yeah maybe that's a good point i follow you on twitter and i see a lot of the stuff you say about this stuff and generally see what you say when you have, you know, silly comments about you being a transphobe or something, for example. <laughs> are there any good slash legitimate arguments that are brought to you about this? Or is this just another, in- you're shaking your head, <laughs> no?
1: Zero, zero. There is no good arguments. Okay. That's why that's why people rely on the name calling because they don't have an argument. It's a, it's a stupid argument, It's it's not a, you know it's me arguing that you know i look outside and the sky is blue and i'm trying to convince people that it's it's red i mean i can tell people i feel that way and that they're bigots if they don't also see it as red and whatever but i i'm not making an an argument you know it's just relying. it's totally all about feelings it's about feelings it's about some bizarre form of political correctness that has gone way too far to the point of destruction but I've never in my life heard a good argument for it. I mean, these are the same people who can't actually define man or woman without using a circular definition. I mean, with some of these people, you literally say, "What is a man?" and they can't give you a straight answer. And they, if you, "What is a woman?" right? And they can't give you a straight answer. And if you can't answer that basic question, then um, yeah, like you, you've got other issues.
2: Florida and another state that I can't remember off the top of my head are legislating and passed a bill in their house that bans uh, transgender, uh, I get confused, a man who becomes a woman, <laughs> bans it in their uh, their scholastic sports all, yes. all the way through school. Do you think that's a good idea or would you rather see it be culturally uh, defeated? Both.
1: Yeah? Both, yeah. If you're Because this has actual repercussions on girls and women. Um, this is, people like to talk about the patriarchy and misogyny. This is like the the real one. This is the real one, right? Both in terms of physical safety, right? If you're talking about any sort of contact sport, especially, I mean, we saw what happened with Fallon Fox and MMA, uh-huh. literally cracking women's skulls, et cetera. Um, and that, so there, there's a safety factor and a security. There's also the aspect of, if you're looking at school level, things like scholarships, Right. Girls losing out to scholarships that are for girls and they're losing them to boys. Right. That's that's insane. Um, that's a gigantic step backwards. Like any true, like actual proper feminist or just any sane person, this should be <laughs> they should be railing super duper hard against this. And I know, I know some of them are. I know some of them are. But as far as I'm concerned, this is like the, the real neo misogyny that's going on here. Um, because as I said it's a it's a one way thing it's a one way thing right there aren't men this, is, this isn't an issue for men and that in itself says it all because if it were truly equal and there weren't these biological differences etc then this would be a two way thing right you'd have men protesting saying hey like this isn't fair for our sports etc but no why is it only women why is it only girls that it's an issue for it's because biology is biology biology you know you can re- people can choose to reject reality but they still have to live in it. Reality still exists. So, um, and you know, I also think it's a bigger issue because it's it's literally a war on reality, right? I think the sports issue is just highlighting part of a much greater issue that's happening in modern Western society, where where there's a war on reality and people are being punished for telling the truth. And anytime you have a society or a culture where people are punished for telling the truth—I'm like not even talking about opinions here, right? Just telling facts—then you're in a really bad situation, a really, really bad situation. And if people can let this one slide, then it's not going to end. You know, it's not yeah. going to end. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep encroaching. Obviously, this stuff is being pushed towards children now. It's being pushed in schools, etc. And people need to understand that. Look, you know, even people who are consider themselves more liberal or more progressive, it's like, you still gotta have a line, right? You, st- you still have to have a line of, okay, we're not We're not gonna go that far, right? We, we don't wanna push things that far. Um, and yeah, I think people are too hesitant to do that. And um, yeah, but if people don't, then it's gonna lead to an even worse situation.
2: Luckily, Fallon Fox was not that good talking about MMA. It was literally a skull fracture, I believe. Shout out yeah. to Ashley Evan smith for beating him, her, because uh, mm-hmm. Fallon Fox wasn't actually that, that good. Um, but yeah, it, it's really scary that um, I think, I don't have a daughter myself, but I have lots of nieces, uh, mm-hmm. four of them to be exact, and I would be frightened if they had to one day fight a man, fight a person who used to be a man, or rugby, for example. I know one of our reporters mm-hmm. has a daughter who's in rugby, and you might end up getting extremely hurt uh, by yes. a much bigger, broader boned man, but I wanna transition to um, something a little different. It's your music, I wanna show your latest video, a bit of it, and I wanna talk about sort of the evolution. I've always had a lot of questions about British hip hop and rap, and I think you're the person to answer it for me. So let's go ahead and play (laughs) that clip, Justin, please.
1: lord knows i confess lord knows that i'm blessed and i make moves lord knows i confess what a mess look look lord knows that i'm blessed and i make moves lord knows i confess devil hates me so the devil breaks free but he can't make moves with a hole in his chest man what a mess gotta slay demons souls are possessed. gotta slay demons souls nevertheless like dante nero roll with the best this is no lie this is no test this is no trap
2: Go ahead and watch his uh, music video, guys. Um, You've been rapping for at least 15 years from what I can see, and Mm. I, have not paid hardcore attention to the British hip hop scene, but most of my life I've gotten tastes of it from like people like the streets and gigs and stuff like that. And it's moved on to the, what people call grime with Stormzy, heady one. I I hope I'm impressing you with this knowledge. Um, (laughs) and, And I've seen an evolution of where it sort of feels forced The talking about drug dealing and violence and social justice stuff. Am I wrong to say that it seems like it's been forced or pushed intentionally?
1: I don't know man it's always been there it's always been there those themes in hip-hop music date back to the 70s and 80s with american hip-hop and i think hip-hop is now a real global phenomenon it's a form of music that's popular in every country every country has its own form of it and those type of themes are they're very prevalent um i think it goes beyond hip-hop it goes to entertainment in general. um, You're always going to get the different sides of it. You're going to get the street and gangster side. You're going to get the more sort of positive and uplifting side. You're going to get everything in the middle. You'll get the lyrical stuff. You'll get those very unlyrical stuff. And different people like different things. And I think the job of an artist is to express yourself honestly. Um, And so, yeah, there's different artists putting out different messages. Ultimately, As an artist, I've always just accepted, hey, all I can do is control. And and the and the only artist lyrics I'd even want to control are my own. So I'll put out the message I want. I'll put out the lyrics I want and the music I want. And that will resonate with certain people. It won't resonate with everybody. Some people won't like it. Some people do want that street stuff and that grimy stuff and rapping about, you know, trapping and whatever it is. But that's just like, look, this is me. This is me being authentic. This is me being real. And that's the music I personally choose to create
2: one of our resident uh, videographers who's also a big rapper in canada brevner he's sort of explained to me that he gets more resistance saying jesus loves you than he does talking about uh, drugs or women or anything like that do you face similar resistance for having more positive messages even if it's not all the time even if it's sometimes is it a, a roadblock for you to not be conducive to certain themes like we just discussed
1: yeah it is to certain audiences um, and perhaps even to certain aspects of the music industry, because the truth is that is for whatever reason um, that that's a very deep topic. Those are the messages that they want to push and also um it's also a demand and supply thing. I think. I think a better question. A lot of people ask me, you know, why do so many rappers talk about violence or drugs or you know just uh, sleeping with random women and money and whatever. And I think a much more interesting question is why do so many people like it? <laughs> why do so many people buy it? Why do so many people dance to it in the club, etc. Because ultimately, if it's working, you're always going to get people who keep uh, making it. You know, I don't think a question is why do people sell drugs it's like you know well, why do people do drugs right if some pe- people are doing them and people are demanding it then somebody is going to supply it so i think as artists it's it's a weird one you know i think of course any human being any adult has some degree of responsibility and if you're a public figure whether or not you want to be you are going to be a role model to certain people um, but i think it's sort of the, the the tip of the iceberg of a much deeper human cultural societal question when it comes to the lyrics and themes and messaging that people enjoy in both rap music and also other forms of entertainment you know why do we like violent movies why do we like gangster movies why do we like this why do we like that i have my own theories on it um but i think it all plays on something much deeper in the human psyche and in the culture
2: yeah, I'm more of the case that I want to know why it's pushed. If it's a fiscal reason, I think I'm more okay with that but I'm okay with the themes in movies and music. And I think it was even 50 Cent who said when people were asking him about uh, drug use and gangbang in their songs, not to mention they came from that, him and G-Unit came from that, but they even said, Mm. listen, you're not supposed to go out and follow what I do. This is entertainment just like a movie. So I fall a bit more on that side. I do have a problem with it being purposely pushed on somebody as like, this is how it should be. And I think it does have real effects, um, particularly in American culture where it seems Mm to be taken more literally there, and I want to transi- transition that to a clip of you on Lauren Chen's podcast, You're talking about the song "WAP." Of course, a very beloved, uh, <laughs> virtuous, and thought-provoking lyrics. I thought you had an song interesting, <laughs> I thought you had an interesting answer to that. So I want to show that clip from uh, Lauren Chen's uh, Blaze podcast.
1: I think overall, and this is something I say a lot: is that human beings really seem to struggle with moderation. Yes. Right. Oh my gosh. Like. Yes. Things go so I would argue certainly in the by in 2021 I would say that the West and the Anglo sphere in particular has gone in terms of social in terms of social sort of beliefs and behaviors has gone too liberal
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and then also I grew up in a in a country like Saudi Arabia um, where one could easily make an argument that things are too conservative in some other social aspects. And it seems like it's, it's always been, and it still is tricky to kind of get that balance where you've got the balance between having standards and some things being better than others and being allowed to say some things are better than others or better especially for children and what people are seeing. And in, in the West, there's this sort of like total, over the last decade in particular, it's like literally anything goes.
2: Now you talk about literally anything goes, and I agree in the sense that I feel like a lot of this stems from we can't be mean about that, and, and a lot of the time I'm sorry to say that it's all, women saying these things, you can't call people fat, fat acceptance, you can't call people weird, you're being bigoted. Where do you think this mentality actually stems from where we can't seem to find this middle ground, or oh, we need to let it all happen, we need to let everybody be themselves, nothing can be wrong or criticized. Where do you think that's coming from?
1: Mm. I think it largely stems from the uh, absolution of personal responsibility and accountability, and then it's exacerbated by cowardice. I think that's really what it is. Um, A lot of people are really controlled by fear. fear. So even though people know something to be correct or know something to be true, etc., There's this climate where people are afraid to say it. The majority of people are afraid to say it because they don't want to be called a name, basically. Right. People don't want to be called a name. They don't want to be called racist, sexist, homophobic, hateful, science denier, anti this, anti whatever. Right. Like people generally don't like being called names and don't like being insulted. So it's sort of it doesn't stem from that but that maintains it that upholds it it's not dissimilar to what we were saying about the whole women's sports issue right like uh-huh. everybody everybody knows i think even most of the people pushing it i don't even think they believe themselves they don't right they don't believe themselves but they're so cowardly and so possessed by this ideology that they've they're they're just running with it They're just running with it to try so hard to prove like the the worst thing you can do to someone like that is call them a transphobe, right? Like that's the, oh my gosh, like that's, that's it. That's over for them. So that's the same weapon that they use against other people just to get people in line. But like I said, it stems from lack of personal responsibility. Um, And I've noticed that anyone who pushes personal responsibility in the public sphere will get attacked and will get demonized. They will get praised and celebrated by the people who appreciate that, but they will also get demonized. Because you're in the modern West right now, it's a greater societal sin to be seen as judgmental than the actual negative act, which you are judging, right? So if someone does, if there's something that is objectively bad, people will make it out like it's worse for you to say it's bad than that action itself actually is. And that's a really backwards way for things to be. And then in terms of deeper reasons, I think there are a lot of, to quote Gadzad, um, ideological pathogens, as he calls them, which have sort of permeated through society over the last several decades from various aspects of postmodernism. Now you've got critical race theory and what people call wokeness um, gender ideology, some aspects of, you know, third or fourth wave feminism, you've just got all these various ideas floating around out there being pushed in academia, being pushed on children, being pushed heavily at universities, and now also being pushed by corporations and institutions. And so there's just a lot of crappy ideas floating around out there in the ether. And people are too cowardly to challenge them, even though the vast majority of people actually Regardless of political orientation, majority of people don't support a lot of these ideas. Like most people don't uh, like these divisive narratives. Most people understand that they you know, a family unit is a good thing and that uh, marriage is actually a good thing. and it's better for a child to have two parents than to have one or right? everybody knows that. Um, but some people will act like they don't know it because they're so cowardly and they're so worried about being called a name that they don't want to just say what is a fact and everything is being deemed as some personal attack people are just too emotionally fragile man people are too emotionally fragile these days and instead of trying to make people stronger or more resilient for the past 15 years we've just been trying to nerf the entire world right (laughs) nerf 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 the language nerf facts nerf the uh, range of opinions that are allowed to be said um you know make this safe make everything's oh that made me feel unsafe oh that's hurtful that made me feel unsafe and it's like look generally you don't want to go out of your way to offend people for no reason but if someone is merely offended by a fact or merely offended by the truth then that's their own issue to deal with right as an adult you should be able to hear things that you're like, I don't really, I don't really like that. Or that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. But if it's true, then, you know, even if it's an opinion, you should still be able to hear it. You may not agree, but you should be able to hear it without breaking down and curling up into a ball in the fetal position on the ground and crying, you know? Um. Very specific. <laughs> we're supposed to be adults, yeah.
2: Yeah, we're, we're guilty of that, I'm sure, both you and I. Um, <laughs> I wrote down a note of the book called Calling, The Calling of the American Mind and it, because it mentions um, how everything, the the bad arguments, and I thought of this because of, uh, and you mentioned Gad said, how everything's either good and evil, either you're a transphobe or you're a fatphobe, and then another thing that they say in there is always trusting your feelings is being a bad thing. And you mentioned the wokeness, and I feel like that's the defense for a lot of this stuff. Oh, I, I need to have an identity. I need to be, uh, I'm a plus-size model. And I know I keep going back to that because it's one of the most ridiculous things. Uh, I'm a black, queer, native, trans woman, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you see an end to intersectionality being used as, a, as an argument in the near future? Because to me, it's becoming more and more clear and especially with Caitlyn Jenner now running as a Republican, it's becoming more clear to people that no one group agru- agrees to the same thing exclusively. Do you see an end to intersectionality coming as an excuse or an argument?
1: It depends on the people, man. It really it depends on people. People have let it get this far, and it's going to keep going unless people stand up against it. Right. People ask, oh, how did we get here? How's it gotten this far? And I'm like, because you let it because you (laughs) let it. Like if everyone was if everyone was like me, this would this would have been nipped in the bud real quick. Um, (laughs) But but like people are not willing to put their head above the parapet and to say what everyone else is thinking, but not saying. There's a few people who do it, of course, and some people have created a essentially a career out of it. Right. I I would honestly say at this point that I know some of my success and popularity is because people, sort of look to me as a guy who's like, okay, Zuby's going to keep it real, like maybe everyone else is lying, everyone else is playing the game, but he's at least going to be honest with it, right? Not in a harsh way, not trying to just be mean to people for no reason, but hey, this is the situation. So, it really depends on the people, because those who are pushing it, people who are pushing critical race theory in schools, people who are pushing gender ideology, who are trying to tell five-year-olds that, you know, they could be non-binary or they could be in the wrong body, these people are dedicated. Right? And, and people should, that should not be underestimated just how they're not numerous, but they're very loud and they're very dedicated and they are and they have infiltrated every single institution that exists. So unless people stand up to that, unless parents stand up and go, you know what, I don't want my child learning, being taught by their school teachers that they are inherently privileged and oppressive or inherently disadvantaged and oppressed because of their skin color like that's a bad idea i don't want my kids going to a university and they have racially segregated dorms and events no Mm -hmm. no we don't we don't want that we're gonna defund that right stop trying to defund the police let's defund defund that right hit them hit them where it hurts hit them in the pocket stand up take a stand and this stuff will end quickly because the people pushing it are also cowards they're cowards right but people are afraid of them and I don't know who's more cowardly in that situation there, um, but people need to just stand up on mass, you know, because if one person does it, then it's easy to target one person. And, you know, you can cancel one person. But if you, you if you put the voices together and you just have like, OK, 70 percent of the parents at the school are you know, even half of them are just like, you know what? No. Like, we're we're we're, we're going to withdraw our children from the school if you're going to be pushing critical race theory, if you're going to be pushing uh, transgender ideology on six-year-olds. No, we're not having that. That's all it takes. That's what it takes. Same thing at corporations. If they're dragging you into meetings and they're trying to teach you about your your whiteness and how you need to abolish it. Right? <laughs> Happens a lot here. Tell, <laughs> tell, like, but, but this know, is a real I thing, right? I, I talk to people, right? And you're just like, dude, have some balls right? Like stand up against that. You're a grown man, you're a grown woman, and you're letting people browbeat you, letting one individual sit there and lecture you about how you're evil because you're white. Like grow some nuts, man. Like how are you going to let that happen? Like, I'm not going to sit there and I'm not, I'm not going to sit in some meeting and have someone tell me I'm oppressed because I'm black and I'm disadvantaged and I'm basically a... I'll tell them where to stick it. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm, I, have, I will not tolerate that, right? Like that is legitimate. Racism, right? People are throwing these words around. Like, that is actual racism. If you are making feel people feel um, guilty, or uh, you're you're discriminating against people, or you're uh, accusing people of things literally because of dint of their birth, then. I mean, we've learned these lessons, man. You know, like history is replete with examples of this. We can look around the globe, look in history, and it's like this doesn't, this doesn't go well when you start splitting up society like that and creating animosity between groups and stuff like that. It's not good. We we beat that. We got over. I agree. That. Yeah. Um, it
2: yeah, felt like we you know, beat we it like, ten, it. like it felt like we beat it a long time ago, and then it felt like it yes. just sort of creeped up in this form of this <laughs> weird wussy version of communism, where like it's all the one girl with blue hair said something and the guy that's in love with her says, you know what, I agree because I, I want to go out with you. <laughs> and, and we're finally starting to see a lot of them, uh, not a lot, but there's a—I think about 10 examples probably in the US now of parents saying we don't want this anymore. There's the the lady with the face shield, bless her. And then there's a lot more other parents in viral videos that are doing that. And I think you're right about organization and how just a few people getting together can counteract all this stuff because The one thing that the extreme left has on people, and, and I'm sure it's other people too, but I look at them as a particular people who are pushing things that I don't like, um, you've got AOC on these hidden videos where she's disseminating her messages to her constituents and whatever that group is called where they indoctrinated the teenagers into being activists, and they're disseminating, against, uh, disseminating it out, saying blowing up buildings and setting them on fires in a valid form of protest. So there's all this stuff where they're disseminating messaging, and the only Mm thing counteracting that really is like groups like Turning Point USA or or PragerU and stuff like that and you may not agree with them but they're still trying I think um, for Mm -hmm. better or for worse and before we get to more critical race theory which I do want to talk to you a bit more about I want to talk about your book and how you got into uh, basically wanting to teach people about fitness and working out and everything there's your book title Um, this is basically the same picture as my Facebook profile, Um, (laughs) complete with the tan and everything.
1: Where do you think I got it from?
2: (laughs) I I don't even have Facebook, for those of you checking. Uh, What got you (laughs) into fitness, and why did you decide to write a book about it? Or were you just a guy who was like, I work out a lot, and and I have people ask me questions about it?
1: yeah. So, I mean, initially I got into fitness. I started lifting when I was 15. Um, I, I was playing rugby. So I actually initially started lifting, number one, because I was a bit of a fat kid, and number two, because I was playing rugby, and it's better be the person who is, uh, you know, dishing it out rather than the person who's on the receiving end of it. So you want to be physically strong and powerful. So that's how I initially got into training. So, I mean, I've been working out for a, for a very long time. And then, in terms of me writing the book, Yeah, I was getting I've always had a lot of people asking me both online and offline about, hey, Zuby, what's the best way to build muscle, lose weight, what's best workout for this or that? And so I just thought, hey, let me create something that will help people rather than answering this individually every single Mm -hmm. time let me just make a make a book um, write it put all the knowledge i wish i had when i first started working out take all the most important things i've condensed over this 17 year period or whatever it is and let me put that out there initially it started out as just an ebook and it was selling very well and then people wanted an audio book And then people started wanting paperback copies. So, I mean, I've now sold almost 5,000 copies of that book. It's been bought by people in over 60 different countries. And it's helped a lot of people. And it's also just, it's a major issue, right? A lot of people say, oh, well, there's so many fitness books out there. And I'm like, yeah, well, half the population is still overweight or obese. So, I think more than than half. I think I'm being quite uh, conservative there. So, something isn't working. And, you know, the truth is, Every, every book, movie piece of music has, you know, there, there aren't brand new ideas out there really, but as a messenger, you can lay out your message in a particular way that resonates with certain people. I've had, I've had people message me saying, Hey man, I've read like 10 or 15 different fitness books and yours is the one where it just clicked for me. Right? It's simple, it's concise, I'm not trying to overload and overwhelm people with all these technical terms and tons of data and science and all of that. It's just like a very practical guide. You can just read it and be like, okay, I know what to do to reach my goal. These are, this is what I need to hit, this is what I need to eat, this is the kind of training I should do. So that's why I wrote it, really just to help people out and I'm glad it's been doing that.
2: I noticed you tweeting, I think this week, within the last couple of days, um, a correlation between the type of people who don't work out <laughs> and the type <laughs> of people that do. Have you legitimately found a correlation? Do you think of people who, you know, never have any type of exercise, maybe as a matter of, of on purpose? Uh,
1: yes, I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would um, that? Be? Because because people who train hard in any discipline. Um, obviously with me, I'm big on strength training, lifting weights, resistance training, but it's all about personal responsibility and accountability and discipline and hard work and perseverance. So if you apply that in that area, it spills over into other aspects of your life right? There's no, there's no socialism, there's no jacked socialism, <laughs> right? It's not like, oh, I work out and my muscles get taxed and they go to somebody else and they get some of my gains. It's just like, no, it's totally individual, 100% level playing field. The weights weigh the same thing every time you go into the gym, et cetera. And there's no, you know, that, that's what it is. There's not even a team. It's just you versus the weights. So I think that mentality does tend to lead people it filters out into other aspects of their life into their careers into some of their socio-political beliefs etc i mean that can even be that can even be measured that could even be studied and yeah it's uh you know obviously when i say things like that i'm being slightly tongue in cheek but there's there's also truth to it like you're not going to see a lot of um i don't i don't, I don't i've never seen a jack socialist um i'm not even i'm not even saying that to like to be mean i'm just being like that's a thing right i've never seen they, they tend to have these particular physique <laughs> right and they're not someone who you know they'll be talking trash on twitter all day but you're looking at these people and i'm like okay none of you none of you lift right and i don't think that's
2: i, I think there's you're lifting a, spirits not, Zuby. be okay
1: they're not lifting anything um <laughs> so so yeah so I, I, I say it in that sense but there's there's also there's also truth to it um so yeah, it's, uh, it's, one, it's one of those ones why I think that maybe that's why that resonated a little.
2: It is what it is, you might even say. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about is critical race theory and where it came from and where its goal where it's going and what its goals are. And uh, recently, the black one of the Black Lives Matter founders, she's ducking out, um, she's retiring, I believe, after getting her four homes, and uh, I think a, de- <laughs> a deal with Warner Brothers, a, a Time Warner maybe, a book deal, a, a, probably a movie deal of how le- hard her life has been as a black lesbian Marxist, I guess. Um, what do you think are the main proponents Of critical race theory why are people actually trying to if if you were to put yourself in their shoes what is the goal here to push critical race theory is it actually equality
1: no of course not of course not um so i think you kind of have two categories i think you have the people at the top of the pyramid who know what they're doing and they have malicious and selfish intention and then you have the useful idiots right who go along with it because they've been told it's anti-racist right and that that's the majority of people that's the everyday person who's there like oh well it's called anti-racism so it must be good oh it's called anti-fascism so it must be good it's called black lives matter so it must be good Mm -hmm. right there's a lot of people who are not very critical think critical thinking and so they'll just go along with everything like that as long as it has a, a nice sounding name but the people for the people who are more at the top i think um like many things i think it comes down to money and power. Right? These are people who already view the entire world as simply a power dynamic game, right? They are they are the ones always talking about power and privilege. They think everything is power and privilege. So I think it is a way for them to gain more power and control over other people, over the population, over people's children. Over everything. They set the narrative. They set the rules. They're the ones who get to call everyone racist and white supremacist as soon as they step out of line or challenge their ideas, et cetera. They're the ones who will get to deplatform people, so on and so forth. And then also, it's lucrative. You know, the racism industry in the US is a multi billion dollar industry, <laughs> right? Yeah. Race grifting is a multi billion dollar industry, especially in the USA. Like, people love it there. I mean, racism has been on life support for a long time, but they just keep. They got to keep it alive, right? How can you how can you be a professional anti-racist without racism or at least the illusion of racism, right? You've got nothing to fight against, and I think they, so. They they have to manufacture it, right? How many fake hate crimes have have there been where it just it's a total hoax, right? It seems every other week something comes out and it's like yeah, it's probably another hoax. Boom, it's a hoax, right? And so you know the race the demand for racism is higher than the supply that's just the reality of it in the uk in the usa in most western countries yeah sure there is still racism of course um but the only type that's i mean let's be real the only type that's really accepted is racism against white people which people will then say oh that doesn't even exist right like that's and that's the power of this ideology. Is they've even redefined the word racism, uh-huh. so that they can uh, they can be racist, and then deny that they are. Because then they'll they'll play these word games and say, "Oh no, like you know, I'm a marginalized minority, so I can't be racist. I can say all these terrible things about white men or whatever it is, and I get off scot free." Whereas you know damn well, if you were to say that against about any other group, you know you're going to get deplatformed people are going to come for you as they rightly should so look i'm very much um i'm very much an equalist right i'm I'm a true equalist and we're we're in this weird period where being truly for equality in the true meaning is which which should be a liberal position is essentially a conservative or right-wing position now like just saying look like no matter your race, gender, ethnicity, uh, you know, skin color, sexuality, whatever, everyone should be treated fairly, equally under the law in society, et cetera. That doesn't mean you you get special privileges. It doesn't mean like the bar is lowered for you or it's raised for you or whatever. It means true equality, meritocracy, equality of opportunity, not outcome, Um, and that's now this you know so-called so-called uh, right-wing or conservative oh. position which is which is very bizarre and you have people who are not everybody like who you know who leans left but you've got a significant number who are now pushing their they pushed they, the it, equality was achieved and now they've just gone they they've gone past right it's a bit like you know the old game in pac-man you know if you go all the way to one side of the screen and you come out on the other like <laughs> they've sort of re, just re-emerged with this uh form of neo-racism which they call anti-racism which is a nice little uh linguistic trick there and now you've got critical race theory and you've got all these strange ideologies which are being pushed again which if you were to sl- simply invert them you know swap the words black and white around you know they they would sound like white supremacists that's that's the reality of it right what they are pushing is racial essentialism you know the most important thing about a person is their race right which is what people did think back in 1920 Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's 2021 now and it's like oh can we can we not go back to that like can we can we just not do that you know like people are generally getting on and the vast majority of people get on with you know, know they don't care about all this they know the content of character is what matters um but because of the money motivation and because of the power and the control motivation i think you have bad actors who are pushing this at the top and they're making a lot of money from it they're getting a lot of um, clout for it they're getting all these opportunities they're doing you know charging 20 grand to speak at universities they're selling books they're doing podcasts they're making a lot of profit from it you know so actually the worst thing that could happen for them is for racism or the illusion of it to be totally gone because they don't offer anything of value to the world. Not really. And that's what they've created their whole foundation on. So they, they just have to keep they have to keep going.
2: Sounds to me like you're a big Tariq Nasheed fan, is that's what <laughs> that's what I'm getting yeah <laughs> All right, Zuby, oh, I gosh. think we're out of time. At Zuby Music on Twitter and of course Zuby on YouTube. Uh what's your Instagram? Is it also Zuby? Sure at that, Zuby Music Zuby at music. Zuby Music on everything All right. Z-U-B-Y Music very good alright I appreciate you coming on I've been wanting to talk to you for quite some time I appreciate you do you want to give any last words to a Canadian audience who wants to hear from the motherland um
1: you guys need to keep fighting it looks like certain parts of Canada are in crazy mode I thought the UK was bad but the Canada is even worse so like I've been saying man you know have courage stand up uh, and stand up for what is right, and uh, yeah, sort out your 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 government is. I don't know what your government is doing to you, but if they're abusing you, then you need to take a stand.
2: Thanks for watching another episode of Andrew Says. If you want exclusive content, go to rebelnewsplus.com, where we talk about topics we're not allowed to show you on social media. Danger.